The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communications. It's time for the Tri-State Sports Podcast, presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. Now, here are your hosts, John Thornton and Jordan Taylor. And welcome in. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex on RadioNWTN.com and all across our Sports 731 network of Facebook pages, which includes the Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, the WENKWTPR Facebook page, Union City Sports on Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, and the Sports 731 Facebook page, and later this week on WENK. Our next to last show of 2023 We'll have one more show for you next week, and then we will be off for about two, three weeks uh, until we get into 2024. Uh, John Thornton, Jordan Taylor, joined by our very special guest. He is none other than Mr. Jordan Taylor's brother, Mason Taylor, the head softball coach down at Lexington High School. Mason, it's great to have you. I know we've tried to have you in the past, but uh, hasn't worked out, but uh, glad we finally got you on. Yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me. Where are you at like, right now? Are you in? I like that office? title, John. I like that title, John. Jordan Taylor's brother. So yeah, I'm I think that's. A, I didn't really know how to respond to that because that's the first time I've ever heard that. So, yeah. is it always that uh, he's Mason Taylor's brother? Is that that's what it right. is? That's right. That's right. Oh, correct. there it is. Well, we've got a fun show today trying to tie some things up. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John underscore MT18. You can follow Jordan at JT underscore 1823. You can follow Mason at, at Mason Taylor or Mason underscore Taylor 21 on X Twitter, whatever we whatever we call it uh, these days. Uh, haven't really gotten into many of the headlines from uh, other sports, and so we'll, we kind of have an opportunity to do that. We'll, we'll dive into that. Uh, basketball season, guys, in West Tennessee is uh, in full swing. Michael Odom doing a good job kind of putting out his weekly rankings, and I think these are from last week. They'll probably be updated today, but uh, just wanted to get any thoughts you guys have seen on any of these teams who have played or if you have any – uh, thoughts in the girls' rankings for Michael Odom. He's got Dyersburg at one, Gibson County at two, McKenzie three, Westview four, Crockett County five, O'Brien County six, Huntington seven, South Fulton eight, Southside nine, Dyer County ten, Jackson Christian eleven, USJ twelve, Peabody thirteen, Henry County fourteen, and South Gibson at fifteen. Anything uh, in particular stick out to you? Uh, kind of a who's who there of who's been good in West Tennessee girls basketball the last few years. You know, in, in AP rankings, you have so many different people voting, and, you know, that's how you get your point scale and figure out who's where. I wonder who all votes in the Michael Odom rankings. You know, I've always always wondered this. Does he just, you know, make this list by himself? You would think he probably does. But it's got to be hard to uh, to put some rankings together, you know, early December. We know how long basketball season is and uh, what can change throughout the course of the year. So, um, you know, I, I think that obviously at this point this is probably – Fair rankings, but we'll see what happens down the stretch. On the uh, boys' side of things, Fayette Ware is number one, or, or they were number one. Union City is uh, was at number two. Bolivar, three. Dyersburg, four. Chester County, five. Haywood, six. Middleton, seven. O'Brien County, eight. Northside, nine. Dyer County, 10. Southside, 11. Sacred Heart, 12. South Gibson, 13. Humboldt 14 and USJ at 15. Mason, have you had a chance to watch any of the uh, Lexington teams this year? What's the outlook for them? 
Man, I haven't. I uh, I haven't caught a game yet this year. You know, been busy uh, with different things. But you know, our girls right now are rolling pretty good. We've got one loss uh, right now to, to Henry County, I believe. They beat Scotts Hill Friday night, which is a you know a town rival. A uh, huge win for them. They beat Bolivar girls earlier in the season. Uh, I had the opportunity to referee a uh, scrimmage with Trinity. Uh, they look really good. So they're they're rocking and rolling. Our boys are, are trying to find their identity. Um, you know, they, they've got several – got three seniors, so playing a lot of inexperience and a lot of youth. Uh, but it's good for them right now. They're, they're staying in game. So I'm looking for both of them to make a, a decent run in the postseason for sure. Yeah, they're in that district with what South Gibson and the South Sides of the world, and yeah, right. Well, it's uh, I believe it's um, Chester, Harden, Lexington, McNary, South okay. Side, North Side is the oh, cool. is the updated one now. So it's pretty tough, pretty tough both sides. Yeah, Jordan, what stuck out to you? You've obviously caught a few Jackson games. You mentioned he mentioned North Side, South Side. There, anything new from that front? I think a team that you can watch um, is Liberty. Uh, I know they haven't. They've had some years where they've struggled a little bit. Um, got to call Liberty and, and Northside on Friday night, and you know they're a team that's that's improving. Uh, they had a, a guy come in that's really helping them a lot this year, um, and you know they're top to bottom pretty good. They got post players, they got guards, and I think you know like just for instance, early in the season they played Northside, lost by thirty eight. Played Northside on Friday night, lost by one in overtime. Um, wow. They're they're starting to get better. And they're starting to improve that pretty young team. So that's kind of what you expected. But Coach Starks has been coaching basketball a long time. And um, he's really starting to, to get them jailed. And they're starting to play together. So that that may be a team out of Jackson that you can keep your eye on. Of course, Southside's always uh, pretty good. They're a team that, you know, you you got to watch out for. Um, you know, Coach Fuller returned everybody. Still still young. Um, so that's a team you got to watch. Northside's really good. I mean, they, they've been all over the floor. So – um, I, I think what makes it best for me as far as covering Jackson schools this year, um, you know, Northside, Southside, of course, JCM and now Liberty, all four being pretty competitive. Those are going to be some fun games in the city for sure. Yeah, definitely early in the season. Obviously, nobody's in district play just yet, or at least not not particularly. Um, and so it'll we'll see how things progress as we get deeper into that once the calendar turns into 2024. Uh, the Sports Bus All-Star Game was on Friday night. Team North defeated Team South 14-10. to uh, Bolivar's Carson Howell was the offensive MVP, and Huntington's Tayshawn Rivers was the defensive MVP. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go. I didn't, you know, Jordan, I don't think – did you say you got a chance? Or I know Mason I said he didn't. Nobody, no, none of us, we were calling a game. So You were calling a game. Yeah, I was yeah. calling a game in Jackson. So uh, nobody, nobody got a chance to go. But uh, – Mason, you got to coach in this game last year. What was the experience like uh, being on that staff a year? Or you have at one point, haven't you? Yeah, it was uh, – I, yeah. actually, I actually had the opportunity to play in it as a senior, which would have been the second year they had the event. Um, and then two years ago, I had the opportunity to coach in it. That was it. Man, it's, um, it's, it's, a great, it's a great thing. You know, pre-COVID, uh, when I played in it and, and other teams, of course, too, they put you in hotels and stuff, and it was it was really awesome. Uh, and then COVID, of course, after that, uh, now it's just like a week of practice. Uh, but man, I still talk to guys uh, that I coached with that in that uh, game. I still talk to guys that I played with as a player in that game. Uh, it's just a great event for West Tennessee uh, to highlight some talent, and you know, right there 
case in point, Friday night, you know, Bolivar has been down the last few years. Um, but it just goes to show you the talent that West Tennessee has, you know, that, that may get overlooked because, you know, their, their team's not, um, you know, don't have a really good year uh, as far as wins and losses. Um, but the, the how kid Carson, I've seen his film. He's, he's extremely talented. Uh, he's I, one of the guys that coached with us here, got, to, got the chance to coach in the game and, and was coaching him. And he came back after first practice and just talking about how big of a kid he is and how hard he runs the football um, and just, you know, stuff like that, that, like I said, may get overlooked throughout a season just because the team doesn't have eight or nine wins. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful sports plus does that event, uh, Crockett County hosted it this year. And I think it was a big success. Yeah, Jordan, it's always cool because, you know, it's the last chance for, for these guys, yeah. especially some of them who may never play football again to at least give themselves a shot to uh, maybe get noticed by a college scout and, uh, you know, get a chance to perhaps get to the next level. Yeah, I mean it's it's really cool because you think about the um, the all star games across the state. And let's just be honest, a lot of guys in, in West Tennessee don't get that opportunity to play in those those bigger all star games. So this gives them an opportunity to have the kind of their own all star game here in West Tennessee and be able to showcase their talents and um, you know just another opportunity to possibly get some scholarships. I I was watching a little bit of the draft. Didn't get to watch in the game. Got to watch a little bit of the draft being live streamed and. I heard them say that I think last year they had four or five guys that got noticed in the game and were able to to move on to the next level. And that's that's really what it's all about, getting kids seen at least one more time. Uh, and it helps, you know, college coaches. Mason's a coach. I'm sure he would agree with this. I mean, I think college coaches are pretty fired up that you can uh, get a look at some of the best talent all on one field. You don't have to travel and go to multiple games to see kids. You can you can go to that all-star game, even though, you know, they, they've only been practicing a week. Maybe they don't know the plays or maybe they're not – uh, running anything too in depth, you still get to see a lot of talent all on one field at one time. So it's it's definitely an advantage for that as well. Yeah. Uh, in the what we talked about the Mr. Football stuff last week, Jackson Christians, Jalen Mosley, the only West Tennessee representative to win Mr. Football. So congratulations to him. But uh, you know, we talked last week, and all of us kind of thought Stone Wallace from Riverside had a really good shot, and uh, kind of hated to see he didn't bring it home. Mason, what'd you make on the Mr. Footballs? Man, I you know, I thought the Mosley kid's extremely talented player. You know, when you think of Mr. Football, you think of a Heisman, you think of an NFL MVP, you try to picture, um, you know, for me, if I remove that kid off that team, how, how much does that change that team? You know what I mean? How does the dynamic of that team change if I remove him? Can they continue to be as successful as they were? Or is he the majority of the makeup? Uh, and, you know, as far as the Wallace kid from Riverside, we obviously we played them this year. Uh, and he he was extremely talented. I think he was very, very deserving of the Mr. Football. Um, that, that was one of those deals where he ran into a guy whose stats were unbelievable uh, and, and ended up losing that. But I think he just as easily could have won it. I mean, he's just a very special player. The Mosley kid's a phenomenal athlete. I think he changes the course of that team. Uh, so, I, you know, uh, 4A, we got to play the Pearl kid. Uh, you know, the quarterback from Pearl, he's unbelievable. I actually have had to coach against him the last two years, so I'm glad he's graduating. Um, <laughs> so I don't have to see him anymore in the playoffs. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I think I think all of them were, were deserving. And he, you get to that point and, you know, you can't you can argue that all three guys on that stage are deserving. Uh, you know, somebody's always going to be upset, but. Um, I, I thought everything went smooth and went good. So, yeah. 
Uh, moving on as uh, we'll get more into transfer portal talk in the next segment. But uh, seven Vols are in the transfer portal, Jordan, including Warren Burrell, Tyler Barron, Addison Nichols, Brandon Turnage, Makai Biglio, uh, Maurice Clipper, and Jack Luttrell. And, you know, I, I was happy when I noticed that about three of these names, I've never heard their names on the field. So at least I guess that there that counts for something. But uh, Brandon Turnage and Warren Burrell have been kind of stalwarts in the, uh, the secondary. Obviously, Tyler Barron's been key up front. He kind of flirted with the portal a couple of years ago and came back. So uh, what do you make of these guys, these names in the portal? Yeah, I think it's actually up to 10 now. I think there's only three SEC teams that don't have 10 or more, which is obviously, you know, that's just where we're at right now. Um, it's just the, the day and age we're in. And you've got a lot of, you know, players that want to go explore and see what kind of money they can get. On, on one hand, you can't blame them. On the other hand, uh, you talk about loyalty and, and what college football used to be. When you go somewhere, you stick with it and you stay there. Um, but that's just, like I said, it's just where we're at. Tyler Barron already did this, uh, one time and was offered some, some big money to come back to Rocky top. So, uh, he's got a heck of an NIL deal now, so I'm not sure what much more he wants, but, um, we'll see. I mean, yeah, some of these names are big names, but the guys in the secondary, I mean, we've been really bad historically in the secondary for a long time. So, uh, maybe we can take that money and, and buy some guys to, to cover some guys on the back end. Looks like two other names you can throw in there, Danico Slaughter and Deshaun Rucker. So we're up to eight, or is it nine? Um, yeah, so- I don't – yeah, I think somebody committed or something already. So, I mean, yeah, it's. I think it's going to be a wave of of people in and out for sure. Oh, so. yeah. Um, and some basketball news, uh, the Grizzlies are still trying to kind of rebound after a rough start to the season. They'll get John Morant back next week. The Lakers won their first ever NBA in- – or won the first ever – NBA in-season tournament win, and they celebrated like they won the finals. Um, I mean, I mean, like, I, I was just kind of watching them, you know, have the champagne and thinking, you know, you guys only get, like, a trophy in $500,000. Like, it, it, this is – Just 500000 No big deal. As if, like – I mean, they, they already have – I mean, they're making millions of dollars a year, so I'm just like, uh, okay. I'd be doing that. I'd be doing that much more if they handed me 500000 <laughs> Standing on my head, whatever you want me to do. Yeah. Uh, UT Martin basketball. The men are six and four. They picked up a big win over Ecclesia yesterday. The girls are struggling at one and seven. A very young team. Shay Littleford, who was going to be their top returner, she's out for the season with concussion struggles. Um, certainly hate to hear that. Uh, Tennessee basketball picked up a ranked win yesterday over visiting Illinois, or on Saturday over visiting Illinois. And Titans legend uh, tight end and broadcaster Frank Wycheck died at his home on Saturday at the age of 52 after falling and hitting his head. Um, I think, you know, reading up on that, he had actually had some um, head-related in issues prior, which was why he kind of stepped away from the broadcast booth to begin with in 2017. And so um, just a sad thing. Obviously, he was a, a big linchpin in the, the Music City Miracle uh, play and in that Titans run to the Super Bowl in, in 1999 and 2000. But uh, tough news out of, out of Nashville or Chattanooga, I think, was where he was living at the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you know, he's 52 years old, um, you know, still still young. And he's a guy that a lot of Titans fans, he's one of the, the names that comes to the mind as soon as you start talking about legendary Titans and what he was able to do. He's such a physical presence at the tight end position. Um, obviously never got to, to watch him play, but hearing a lot about what he was able to do and watching some of his highlights as well. Um, and of course, his number retired and all that good stuff. So hated to see that. Um, and I did see where his family was going to uh, donate, 
you know, some, some brain, brain, his brain, I guess, uh, to the science of concussion protocol, try to figure out what's going on with um, with that as far as in relation to the NFL science today, as we know they're taking that extremely serious at this point. Yeah. Uh, in uh, baseball, free agency going on right now. The Cardinals have signed several pitchers as their staff somehow got older with Adam Wainwright even retiring. They did trade Tyler O'Neill to Boston as they try to kind of retool the roster. Um, and Shohei Otani got the bag uh, he was looking for 10 years, $700 million, with, which is well, well past the number for all of the free agent contracts combined this offseason. I, too, gentlemen, would like $700 million on my contract. Um, I could do a lot of things with $700 million, but uh, – what if Over you're half a game. You say half a million a game? Half a million a game, roughly. Grief. Yeah. Play baseball, kids. Play baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, and maybe one day you too can make uh, half a billion dollars uh, on a contract or over half a billion if you're as good as Shohei Otani. Uh, Mason, before we round up this segment, I uh, want to give you an opportunity to kind of hit on some Lexington football stuff and any softball news you want to get to uh, as you obviously get ready for that season now coming up. Yeah, man, we um, we we had a we had a down year this year as far as uh, you know record goes. We we had played a lot of guys with some inexperience again, um, but got got a lot of quality quality reps uh, in games with younger guys. We we were fortunate enough to make the playoffs. Uh, and that's, you know, a lot of people don't understand how hard that is to do. Um, it, it is tough to make the playoffs. It's tough to win a playoff game. We, we were unfortunate in the fact that we matched up with Pearl Cone round one, uh, who went on to win the state championship. Uh, they were they were a really good team, a lot of, a lot of talent all over the field. Uh, but, man, it was a good year. It was a learning year. It was a learning year for me, uh, being a first-year coach here. Uh, I, we, we got a lot of good things coming, though, I will say that. Um, or softball, man. We've been rocking and rolling since August. Uh, weight training, speed and agility. Uh, my assistant coaches have been hard on them as if uh, as while I was with football. Uh, then I picked back up about a week after we finished. I started with them, uh, and they fit it hard. Uh, so we, we finished up last week. I, I gave them this week off, this last week before um, January. And then, of course, when January gets here, we'll hit it rolling, picking up bats and balls. And uh, Season starts March 11th. We'll go. We travel to South Gibson first game of the year. That's always a good task. I mean, coaches over there do a great job. They've been successful for many years. I uh, had a few battles with them last year while I was at Southside. Uh, so we we'll see what we're made of March 11th. All right, looking forward to a great season. We will take a break. When we come back, we'll get into college football news. As we have one game of the weekend, but uh, predominantly now kind of getting into some off-season headlines in the college football world. Back after this on the Tri-State Sports Program, presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City has the pre-owned car, truck, or SUV you are looking for. Make shopping for your next vehicle easy and browse our up-to-date inventory at jerrywardautoplex.com. Get pre-qualified today at jerrywardautoplex.com. Schedule a service appointment with our AC Delco Professional Service Center at jerrywardautoplex.com. Shop, click, and save at jerrywardautoplex.com.
Segment two on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex on RadioNWTN.com as we get into some of the college football news and notes of the weekend. We have one game. Let's get to that first. Army beats Navy 17-11 to in another thrilling chapter of this rivalry in a game that just seems to deliver every single year. They win the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy. Um, and really, Army nearly let this one get away. Uh, up 17-3, to Navy scores to get it to 17-9, get the ball back with a little under two minutes to go. And I, I'm watching the end of this game and, and the, the quarterback sneak that got stuffed. I, I just happened to think because, you know, they throw the little out pattern, the little the running back that slipped out of the backfield, whatever you want to call it. You know, he gets tackled short of the goal line. And I think Navy must have thought they were going to get it at the one, but it looked like it was more like the two and a half. And so when yeah. they quarterback sneaked it, I was kind of like, what are you doing? Like, no, 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 no. You're not close enough. Like, and they, you know, and granted, it got closer than I think many people would have thought, but uh, Army wins it again. And uh, a heck of a game between, again, and America's game. Yeah, it was a great game. We got tackled at the two, didn't have any timeouts, clock's running, and you're kind of in freakout mode. Um, Mason can probably speak to this a little bit more, but you got to do something quick because you don't, you can't stop the clock. The problem is it's fourth and goal, and it's at yep. the two, two and a half. So um, not sure if I don't want quarterback snake either, but at the same time, you got to do something fast. So um, kind of a crazy ending to the game, but this game's always that way. It looked well in hand with six or seven minutes left, and then – all of a sudden, we got a ball game down the stretch. So, fun game to watch. Mason, did you get eyes on it? I, I did. I watched some highlights. Uh, I didn't get an opportunity to watch it live. But, you know, that's that's just what y'all said. You know, those moments right there where, when your back's against the wall and, and time's against you, that's what separates good from great. You know, who panics and who, um, who you know, stays tall, stays strong, and powers through the situation. Again, I don't know if I, I agree with um, the – the quarterback sneak call, but I'm sure there's been decisions I've made people don't agree with. So I, I don't I don't know what I would have done in that in that moment, but it probably wouldn't have been that looking back on it. Well, uh, I thought Gary Danielson was going to rip his hair out because he was screaming at Army for for how back how far back their DBs were playing. Which I get the point, but I mean, I mean, D Navy dang near drove the length of the field just throwing five yard hitches and, and yeah. out routes, and yes. I thought Gary Danielson yes. was about to come out of the booth. Yeah. And just go to the army. I mean, he was getting so mad on the broadcast. I will uh, say, uh, I probably saw the football in the air more in that game than I ever have in those. Yes, you know, yeah, it, yeah. That typically doesn't happen in that game. No, typically does not. Uh, later that Saturday night, we had some awards that were announced. I think the Blitnikoff actually came out the night before. But Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman Trophy. And uh, I, I can't remember when the date was, but this was one of the closest dates or closest races they've had, which I was a little surprised by. Michael Penix was a close second. Bo Nix and Marvin Harrison Jr. were third and fourth. But Marvin Harrison Jr. brings home the Bolitnikov by one vote over Malik Neighbors. And, uh, I mean, I think, I think two deserving winners of those two awards. And uh, now we kind of – I think, you know, we know Jaden Daniels is headed to the NFL, but Marvin Harrison – undecided yet um you know he keeps talking about maybe wanting to come back to get one more shot at beating michigan but uh two deserving winners of these awards gentlemen well one more shot at michigan or one more shot to make a little bit more money than he would the, in the nfl early there i think for harrison jr uh the amount of money they're talking about paying him just to come back i mean i'm like my goodness why wouldn't you come back um i don't know that ohio state would be able to pay anybody else in IL money if they pay him that kind of money but 
I'm sure they will figure that out. But yeah, that really two guys that didn't surprise me. I thought um, I really liked Pennick's chances because of where they are and what he was able to do with Washington, get them to the playoff. Um, but Jaden Daniels was just unbelievable all season long. And, and, you know, there are people that argued that he was padding stats late in the games um, and blowouts, but Hey, you know, he's, he still was a heck of a player. You watch him in that Alabama game and, and you know, okay, this guy's legit. I mean, he's he played some really good defenses at times and still put up those kind of numbers. So a well-deserved award for him. Mason, anything you want to add? Yeah, I, I think, I think the right guy got it. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I've read the articles and the and the the post about him padding stats and all that. A lot of people seem to forget, and I I really didn't understand this either. But the Heisman is not necessarily a statistical award. Uh, it is the yeah. most you know, it is the best player in the country. Uh, and I think you know you look at Marvin Harrison's numbers compared to Neighbors' numbers, and Neighbors' numbers are much better than Marvin Harrison. But if you take Marvin Harrison Jr. off Ohio State, what happens to Ohio State? Right. So I think it's. People get so wrapped up in statistical categories, which typically your best players in the country have the upper hand in the statistical categories, but that's not all this goes off of. Uh, so I think the right guy got it. You take Jaden Daniels off LSU again, they may win six games. Maybe. He's an unbelievable talent. Uh, he's an NFL guy. Uh, and I, like I said, I think they got it right. Yeah, definitely think so too. Um I mean, I think we mentioned that last week, Mason, just that you take Jaden Daniels off of LSU, and that's a team that may struggle to make a bowl game. That defense was awful. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just him him single-handedly scoring 40-plus points by himself was what won them nine games or kept them able to win, you know, in that hunt. Uh, let's take a look at some bowl games as bowl season kicks off this uh, coming weekend. Um, you know, last weekend we spent a lot of chatter uh, about, uh, you know, the, the top four, the playoff. Did they get it right? Did they, they blow chunks on it? Uh, we didn't talk about the other New Year's Six Bowls, and I think some of these are intriguing matchups. So you've got the Cotton Bowl with Ohio State taking on Missouri. You've got the Peach Bowl with Ole Miss playing Penn State. Georgia is going to play Florida State in the Orange Bowl in a duel of two teams who were the first two out. And Oregon will take on Liberty. Mason, obviously, you're a big Georgia fan. Let's go to you first with the Orange Bowl. Um, your thoughts on Georgia getting left out, and uh, where do they go from here now that the streak in the uh, two-time you know championship streak is over? Yeah, I mean, I we're I think everybody in the world's in agreement that Georgia's the top four team in the country. Uh, you know, there's you put them against anybody, uh, you put them against anybody in that playoff, and I'm going to say other than Alabama, they're probably favored. Uh, but there's no way they could have put us in. You know, with with what yeah. they had to do, I totally, I'm totally in agreement with the four that were selected. You know, as hard as that is to say, um, I think Michigan deserved the number one spot. Although I think Georgia would beat Michigan, I think Washington deserved the number two spot. Although I think Georgia would beat Washington, uh, and then it gets to a situation where you know FSU. I hate it for them, but I, I'm gonna say they're definitely not. I don't I don't know if they're a top ten team in the country uh, without their quarterback. Um, so, you know, you look at their – and let's just get this out of there. I haven't said this much, but with Jordan Travis, they're down 13 to nothing to UNA guys. And we're talking about University of North Alabama, who was not a Division One program until the last three years, okay? And that's with Jordan Travis. That's pre-injury. Uh, so I don't, I don't understand the argument. Uh, I get they're 13-0 the, they're and they're, they're conference champion. 
And a lot of people were asking me, well, what do you think about them being ranked over Georgia? Well, I, knew, I think the committee knew they were going to be upset, and I think they gave them that fifth place <laughs> yeah. spot over Georgia to kind of pacify them. But as far as the top four, I think that's the four out of the five best teams in the country, and Georgia's just left out of six. Now, if, if Florida, whole match. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jordan. I was going to say, if Florida State pulls America, we got to have you back on after those comments. Ah. Well, uh, you know, at this point, I think I think Kirby's done enough, uh, you know, rallying the troops in the in the locker room to understand, guys, we got to take care of this business. Uh, you know, you got Nick Saban and you got Kirby Smart. I think he's pretty close to that. Uh, he, I don't know if he'll ever catch Nick Saban's greatness, uh, but you know that's something he strives to be. Um, so I'm hoping that he can keep that locker room focused uh, for the job at hand. I was going to say, are you at all worried? Because, you know, <laughs> typically when Georgia misses out on the playoff, they either struggle with not wanting to be there, they've got opt-outs, you know, you can go back to that Sugar Bowl. They obviously struggle with Cincinnati. So I know Florida State banged up as they are, and don't have Jordan Travis. You know, it looks like a walk in the park. But uh, does any of that factor in and give you cause for pause? I think it does. I think, you know, they're, like we said, they're 13-0. and 0, They're a conference champion. They know how to win games, even without Jordan Travis. So, you know, I, I'm to say I'm concerned, no, because I do think we're, you know, probably 17 to 24 points better than them. Uh, but, you know, these games, it's all it, – nowadays, guys, it all depends on who sits, who plays, uh, you know, who – Who's going to, like you said, who's going to be focused for the job at hand and, and who's going to uh, be upset that they're not in the playoffs? And, you know, I think that the driving force for me, if I was Kirby Smart this week and these next few weeks, it would be look, guys, let's show everybody we're a top four team in the country and let's show everybody why Florida State is not. Uh, you know, let's take care of this and, and go from there. So to, be, to say I'm concerned, no, I'm not. So we've got a comment. J.W. Anthony says, "If you truly list the top four, it's Michigan, Washington, Alabama, and Georgia." And I mean, I don't, I don't think that's crazy to say, even if uh, those are not the four in. I think, but uh, you know, it, it's we talk about it all the time about the committee and how their criteria works, and it seems to evolve every single year. But uh, Jordan, what other are these uh, three top uh, New Year's Six bowls? What what sticks out to you from these other ones? I want to watch Ohio State, Missouri. Um, yes, you know there's a lot of lot, been a lot of talk about Missouri this year um, that they're legit. I'm trying to be extremely nice to to Eli Drinkwich, but whatever his name is, um, we'll see. That's all I can say. Obviously, Ohio State's got a quarterback in the portal that could make things different, uh, and and you know could give Missouri an edge. But I'm ready to see them on the field with with a top ten team. Well, I'm kind of this. I kind of look at this game similar to that Georgia Florida State game with Ohio State. How motivated are they? You know, how focused are they? How many guys, you know, are, are ready to play? Missouri, I think, has all the motivation in the world going into this game. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. You, you know, your chance to beat Ohio State, you can go 11 and two. Um, I don't know. I, I think they won't, just, they won't, it, they don't matter. Ohio State could play all freshmen, and Missouri would take this win and, and run with it for 10 oh, years. I like, I like Missouri in this one strictly because it's Missouri's Super Bowl and it's Ohio yeah. State's. I don't really want to play a game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some other notables from bowl season that could be interesting in the Holiday Bowl. It's Louisville taking on USC, uh, who will probably, who I think Caleb Williams has already opted out. So, uh, what does USC look like without Caleb Williams? Oklahoma and Arizona in the all the seemingly always high-scoring Alamo Bowl. 
Uh, Dabo and company will take on Kentucky in the Tax Slayer Bowl, Oregon State, Notre Dame, two physical teams in the Sun Bowl, and two teams that could probably not be more different in Tennessee and Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. And not just from a Tennessee fan standpoint, but I'm just sitting here thinking, I mean, what? I mean, how different are these teams? You got Iowa that can't score, and Tennessee's defense that goes through periods where they can't stop a bloody a runny nose. Uh, Cody Connell in the comments says we can all agree we're glad the SEC made the playoffs, even if it was Bama. After all the talk of possibly keeping the conference out, the world would end if the SEC was in it. Wasn't in it, views would plummet, and I think that's exactly why Bama's in it because the TV networks run this thing, and that's why. They put Alabama in. So, uh, anyway, any of the other bowl, any of those bowls stand out to you guys? Stone White, we are uh, we're talking about college at this point. Yes, we'll see what we'll see what happens <laughs> here uh, here down the stretch. And Chase Prescott, go dogs, old ball coach there, the Mason. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, look, the Tennessee Iowa. I joked last week, John. I think I said the over under would be set twelve and a half or so. Um, you know, we talked about Tennessee's going through streaks where they can't stop anybody. You know how. And uh, Iowa can't score, but Tennessee's also gone through streaks where they can't score either. I mean, there's been times this year where we were worried about the offense. So, uh, of course, several guys in the portal. So, I don't know. That's as a Tennessee fan, going to watch that one. But I'm going to be honest with you: if I was a college football fan and I wasn't a Tennessee fan, I probably wouldn't even care to flip the game on. That's probably yeah. how ugly it's going to be. Probably a uh, sixteen to six or a thirteen to three or whatever, something like that. Twenty yeah. points wins the game Sleeper. if you're Tennessee. Sleeper. Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm looking at uh, Clemson and Kentucky. I think that's going to be a, a, a good matchup. I think both of those teams are pretty pretty evenly matched. And also Auburn and Maryland there in Nashville. I think Ooh. that's going to be a good one. Okay. I think that's a, that's a tale of two different styles right there. And I think, um, you know, you're going to have high quarterback play coming out of Maryland if Tungawailoa plays. Uh, and then you're going to have, um, you know, Auburn more ground to pound, get some quarterback run game going. I, I think that's a that's a pretty even matchup. Okay. Interesting. All right, let's move to the coaching carousel. We had some more hirings in the last week. Duke has named Austin or uh, Penn State defensive coordinator Manny Diaz, their new head coach. UTEP named Austin P head coach Scotty Walden, their new their new man. New Mexico offensive coordinator Bryant Vincent is the new head man at UL Monroe. MTSU named former Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason the new head man after firing longtime coach Brent Stockstill. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall, the former BYU head coach, is headed to New Mexico. Holy Cross's head coach Bobby Chesney is the new James Madison head coach. Tulane hiring Troy's John Summerall to replace Willie Fritz. And Michigan working on a contract extension for Jim Harbaugh despite all of the off-the-field well, off drama. Uh, $11 million for five years, but they want a written commitment from Harbaugh that he is not going to pursue any future NFL jobs. What sticks out? from this week in the coaching carousel. I want to give Mason the floor here. Uh, we've talked a lot about Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan madness this year. Uh, what do you make of all that, and do you think uh, moving forward with the Harbaugh is the right choice? You know, from a coach's standpoint, which is – I mean, you know, I coach on a much smaller scale, guys, so this is uh, – there's a lot less people looking at us as far as what we do. Um, but – I would be a liar if I said every single football game I do not look over at an offensive coordinator and see what he's signaling and what they're running. Uh, and if they run it again, seeing if I can figure out uh, what they're running, when they're running it. Uh, and I don't know if there's a coach from east to west of this country that could say that, you know, that could say they don't do that. Now, as far as um, 
having a guy designated for that and using technology or whatever they're alleged of, um, you know, that may be a little bit of an extreme. Um, But I think what happened was somebody inside that organization, that club, that football team got mad and started leaking info, uh, you know, that they were doing this stuff and uh, somebody told the right person and they started investigating it. But I think Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. I do. Um, I, I don't know if uh, he'll ever get it. If he doesn't get it done this year at Michigan, I don't know if he ever will. Um, so as far as them staying with him right now, I guess it, the, the question becomes, who are you going to replace him with? Uh, you know, and I think their interim they had while he was out did a great job. Uh, but typically, you know, programs that size are going to go out and hire from outside. You don't usually see program, you know, big time programs promote a guy within uh, because they don't want the same thing happening. You know, you want to if you want to change, you're going to want a complete change, not a guy that learned from who you're getting rid of. Uh, so, you know, the, the question becomes then who's going to replace him? Uh, and I just don't know if there, there's a better option than not just riding out with him right now. Yeah. Yeah, as much as it, it's weird, it's a weird situation. I think that that is smart by them, though, to get that NFL commitment thing because he certainly seems to flirt with the NFL every offseason now. Um, but uh, we'll see. Let's go to some transfer portal buzz where we've had several commitments so far. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is off to Oregon. Blake Shapin from Baylor is headed to Mississippi State to join Jeff Levy. Oregon State freshman quarterback Aiden Childs will follow Jonathan Smith to Michigan State. Georgia's backup Brock Vandergriff and Athens native is headed to Kentucky. Texas Tech's Tyler Shuck is headed to Louisville. Florida running back Trevor Etienne is joining Georgia. Arkansas's Rocket Sanders is headed to South Carolina. Uh, some other names that are on the board, but we kind of are starting to see the market evolve for them. Walter Nolan, who is from Tennessee, kind of bounced between Knoxville and Memphis uh, and was obviously heavily recruited by Tennessee. Looks to be an Oregon lean, but Tennessee's not quite out of the mix. Cam Ward getting looked at by USC, Florida State, Miami. UCLA's Dante Moore is getting some buzz from Miami and Michigan State. Will Howard getting looked at by USC. DJ Uyangalele has a lot of Florida State buzz. Riley Leonard is heavily connected to Notre Dame, and that's pretty much it for them. Uh, looks like Juice Wells is headed to Ole Miss after canceling visits to Tennessee and Texas. And Kyle McCord appears headed to Nebraska alongside a former teammate and former five-star recruit in Julian Fleming, uh, who was the number one wide receiver recruit in the 2020 2020 class. What sticks out to you so far from the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously madness. I think I I joked uh, we could have a uh, we could have a whole show about the transfer portal. It seems like we could spend an hour on it um, where guys are, are going, obviously, I mean, Travis or Trevor Inkty and going to Georgia makes me sick uh, because yes. of is that high official? High. I saw it on on three that he was committed. Uh, okay, let me, let me look. Well, I didn't. That's the first time I'd seen it too. I'm sure it is. I mean, that doesn't surprise yeah. me. That, that seems like a good fit there uh, for them, and and that's uh, that's sickening. To <laughs> they just they just keep rolling guys in there, man. They recruit guys and then they get guys out of the portal too that are good. So, but there's some other interesting. Max, what do you make about Georgia's quarterback? Yeah, you know, um, the big thing, of course, after, after, you know, I guess you can say your contention shot is over like ours ended last week uh, with Bama beating us is the buzz becomes, okay, are you going to go NFL? Are you going to go – are you going to stay another year? Are you going to 
um, you know, transfer, yada, yada. And Carson Beck is that one of those guys that could that could potentially take the leap to the NFL because statistically he had a year, uh, a very quiet year, just as good as all the Heisman finalists. Uh, but I think with Brock Vandergriff transferring to Kentucky, that lets us know uh, Carson Beck's probably intending to stay another year at Georgia. Uh, I think Dylan Gabriel to Oregon, I think that's a big hit. I mean, he his style of play is going to fit that West Coast style, um, you know, very well. Uh, I think that's a guy that could be in the Heisman running next year out there at Oregon. Um, and as far as ETN, of course, I, I'm thrilled about that pick. I mean, anybody that, that can run the way he does have, have bloodline in the NFL um, and, and on one of the worst Florida teams I've ever seen, uh, the way he, the way he played this year uh, still, you know, was, was definitely their biggest positive on offense. Um, so that, you know, that gives us a three headed monster again in the, in the backfield. So watch out. Yeah. Watch out. Uh, doesn't look like he's officially committed, but it looks like there is a lot of smoke on that. So, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. What, what, I'm shocked if that happened. Well, let's take a break. I'm sure we'll have more transfer portal news to get into as uh, as we progress into the offseason. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into NFL Week 14. More after this on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawks Nest in Martin. Each week they have weekly specials including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawks Nest. Thursday karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune at the Hawks Nest. 105 Church Street in Martin. Segment three on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex as we get into week 14 of the NFL season. We'll start with Thursday night football and move into the early games. Bailey Zappi, three touchdown passes in New England, writes the ship temporarily. They upset Pittsburgh. 21 to 18, and that kind of kind of became a theme of the weekend was upsets. Baker Mayfield led a late touchdown drive. The Bucks got past the Falcons, 29-25. They're back in the playoff mix uh, as the NFC South leader. The Bears upset the Lions, 28 to 13. Trevor Lawrence does come back from that brutal looking ankle injury, but throws three picks as the Browns beat the Jags, 31-27. The Saints beat up on the Panthers, 28 to six. The Jets with Zach Wilson back at quarterback, beat the Texans 30-6, and the Ravens beat the Rams 37-31 in overtime, while Jake Browning leads the Bengals past my Colts 34-14. What sticks out to you guys from that Thursday night game in the early slate? The, the NFL is unpredictable. I think that's yeah. that's really what it is. I mean, that some of these games shouldn't really be close on paper, but, um, of course, they were. I thought the, the best one of the best ones out of the early window, of course, you had the Ravens-Rams that were overtime, but – the Browns Jaguars game was an incredible game as well. Mason, yeah, I think uh, Thursday night football. I don't know since they've moved that to Amazon if there has been <laughs> a good game on Thursday night. I think they're all sloppy. That was two bad teams squaring off. Uh, of course, the Steelers quarterback situation is not very good right now. So you know, I don't, I wouldn't give a lot of credit to that uh, loss. As in the Patriots being good. Um, as far as the early slate, I was just looking here. Um, of 
course, the Browns beating the Jags, that's huge for them. I thought the Bears' win was probably the biggest win of them all. I mean, the Lions have been rolling this year. Uh, the Bears to go in there and do that. Justin Fields has been getting a lot of negative uh, feedback on social media as far as trade talk. Uh, so to lead that team in there uh, and, and win that game, that's huge. And then, of course, the Ravens. Did y'all see how the Ravens won? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Time? I mean, that was what an insane punt return. Uh, you know, you just don't see that the kicking game in the NFL anymore being as effective since they moved the, the kickoff so closer. So when you get a chance to see a, a touchdown returned in, in special teams, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Second walk-off punt return of the season in the NFL. Uh, moving into the late window, which uh, we had drama, we had uh, a dud and uh, we had some in, another quarterback injury. Denver beats up on the Chargers 24 to seven as Justin Herbert is the latest quarterback to get injured. He fractures his finger and has already been named out for the Thursday night game against the Raiders, so it will be Easton Stick uh, going forward for now for the Chargers. Uh, the Vikings beat the Raiders 3 to nothing. Just going to let that breathe for a minute. Uh, tied for the lowest scoring game in NFL history and another one that just felt back like it set the sport back 20 years, 3 to nothing. Two NFL teams scored three points. Combined, yeah. I, I just uh, unbelievable. Uh, the 49ers beat the Geno list Seahawks 28 to 16, and the Bills finally get a close win. They beat the Chiefs 22 17 after the uh, why it's controversial, but it, I guess that's the word for everyone's using the controversial uh, Kadarius Tony offsides. Uh, Patrick Mahomes loses his mind on the sideline and then goes and complains to Josh Allen in the post game meetup. Yeah. Um, I mean, just childlike behavior from from the NFL's golden boy right now. That's really the only way I, I have to describe it. I mean, I mean, because I mean, you watch the play, and Tony is very clearly lined up in the neutral zone. It, it's plain as day. And then they want to whine about it, and they say, well, it's never called. Well, I mean, it's never called because typically the receiver's supposed to check with the official to get lined up, and he never looked at him. So I, I, I don't know what what you're supposed to do. But what do you guys make of this late window? Yeah, obviously that's the game that's, that stands out the most, the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, that's a penalty that hadn't been called a lot over the last three years. I saw last night it's been called 11 times this year. That's eight more than the previous three seasons combined. So I guess they're they're really paying attention to where receivers line up. And you know, when you get on the line of scrimmage, you you know, you look over the ref and make sure you're good most of the time. I, I didn't see Tony do that. Even in the replay, they you never saw him look over there. So he was definitely all sides. Uh, hated to see that happen. I mean, and yes, I mean, Mahomes' argument is you can't change the outcome of a game like that. Well, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. I understand your frustration that you're saying you changed the outcome of a game by calling it, but when you're all sides, you're all sides, and he was. And, you know the thing. The thing about it is, guys, that penalty was thrown before the play was ever over. Before the yeah. play ever developed, the flag was laying on the ground. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, you're a professional athlete. Uh, you've been playing wide receiver for a really long time. Uh, you know, you know. We teach our guys here in practice. There's no officials at practice here at the high school level. They're pointing. They're pointing back. They're pointing on. Every single rep we have. So you can't tell me when you get to that level of football, you don't know to do that. Uh, I think the moment got too big for them. I think they, their adrenaline was was high. I think it was a situation of a lot of emotion. Uh, and he just – he messed up and he made a mistake. 
Um, as far as the way Patrick Mahomes acted, I, you know, we haven't seen anything really like that from him. I know he's an emotional player and he's a fired up guy. I know that rivalry has really built up over the last four or five years. Um, but I, I thought that was kind of uh, unprofessional. Uh, yes, and you yes. don't, you just don't see that a lot from him. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of days he, he commented about that and some kind of pressure. I feel like he's that type of guy, that type of leader. Um, but uh, late slate too, you know, I wanted to point out the Cowboys win. Um, I don't yeah. like the Cowboys more or less than anybody else. I can't stand them. I don't like Jerry Jones, but guys, they're hot right now. They're really hot. And, and the Eagles, a team that, a team that, um, you know, a lot of people had picked early in the season to make a deep run. They've now taken back to back big, big, big losses, yeah. uh, bo- both to teams that, that you would consider rivals for them. Uh, so, you know, I would I would be looking for Philadelphia um, to come out next week really hot. Uh, and if they don't, uh, it may not be good for them in the playoffs. But Dallas, man, that defense is unbelievable. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of what I made of the late slate. Dallas yeah. is now the number two seed because of that win last night. And, you know, they looked impressive. There's no doubt. And obviously the national media is going to fawn over them all day. But, uh Jordan, here's my other thing. You know, I had someone text me last night saying, man, this is different. I think Dallas is back. I said, here's what's going to happen. Dallas is going to beat some bum in the first round of the playoffs, and then they're going to run into San Francisco in the divisional round or someone of that, you know, they will disappoint in round two is what I'm getting at. They will they will beat some bum team in the first round, some bum wild card team, doesn't have any business being in it, and then the national media will fawn over them and then they will lose in heartbreaking, excruciating fashion in the divisional round. That that's my that is my take until I'm proven otherwise. Because that's what they do. So what do you think, Jordan? I just enjoyed watching the field goal kicker. That <laughs> was uh, that was fun. Uh 59 yarder, 60 yarder, 50 yarder. I mean, first first kicker to hit two plus what 59 yarders in the same game in NFL history. Um I don't know, man. I I've got a since I've been covering ball, you know, for a while now, I, I like watching specialists do what they do. And I mean, it was a, it was a heck. And Luke Brown will be proud of that, me saying that. But um, it's been fun to, to watch, watch him, especially last night. That was, I mean, he's 30 for 30 on the year and it's his first year in the league. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty impressive. First round pick in the MLS draft and yeah. ended up with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, well, actually, before we mention that, before we go to break, I uh, want to mention you got a doubleheader tonight, Monday Night Football, Titans, Dolphins, Packers, Giants. Uh, Jordan, anything you want to say about your team uh, in Miami tonight? Picks <laughs> on the other side. Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City has the pre-owned car, truck, or SUV you are looking for. Make shopping for your next vehicle easy and browse our up-to-date inventory at jerrywardautoplex.com. Get pre-qualified today at jerrywardautoplex.com. Schedule a service appointment with our AC Delco Professional Service Center at jerrywardautoplex.com. Shop, click, and save at jerrywardautoplex.com. 
If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawk's Nest in Martin. Each week, they have weekly specials, including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawk's Nest. Thursday, karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune. At the Hawk's Nest, 105 Church Street in Martin. That was an abrupt uh, segment break. Um, so it is the final segment of the show. I guess Jordan really doesn't want to talk about uh, his Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football. No, it's going to be bad. We, we might as well not even talk about it. <laughs> All right. Well, it is time for picks here on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Wood Autoplex. I want to remind you, uh, last week of regular season picks, the bowl pick does start on Saturday. You can already go ahead and go pick those online on radio nwtn.com the winner will win a prize pack of a hawk's nest pizza a 25 dollars gift card to the meat shop and a 25 dollars gift card to five seasons men's shop in union city and in martin so be sure to head over there uh we've got 41 bowl games to pick for you so uh have fun with that and happy bowl picking we've got six on our slate here today two college basketball games two nfl games uh Let's take a look at the house leaderboard, Jordan, before we move on. Well, I'm looking for my sheet here. Um, let's see if I can find it back here. Here we go. Now, John is still at the top. He's up by two games on Alex. Alex has had a heck of a last comeback. few weeks. He's, uh, he's been really good. He told me when we started putting basketball in there, he would make a jump, and he has. He's at 116 and 54. John's at 118 and 52. Roby only three games back now at 115 and 55. Becky at 102 and 68. Um, the guy that, that picks awful is at 170 here. Uh, Wilma is at 97 and 73. Amy, Amy at 94 and 76. Tad at 90 and 80. And Dean at 78 and 92. On the guest leaderboard, Timothy Dye still reigns at the top at 8 and 2 overall. Mike Cutchins, Greg McLean, Chuck Hammer, Chad Zell, all 7 and 3. John Hatler, Jared Davidson, Alex Northcutt, Michael Owen, Chase Prescott, and Ryan Shumpert. Six and four, Adam Wells, Luke Brown, and Rusty Ellis at five and five. Brandon Shields and Andrew Brown at three and seven. So Mason, as our last guest picker of this 2023 year, eight and two is the number to beat. How are you feeling? Man, I feel good. I, I've, I've done a little research on these games. I've got a few in mind. I'm fired up. All right, well, let's get to it. We will start with the Myrtle Beach Bowl on Saturday. All these will be on Saturday. Georgia Southern is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Ohio. Mason, who do you like in this one? I'm going to go with the Bobcats of Ohio in this one. Bobcats of Ohio. I think we froze there right. for a second. Jordan, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we got you. We got you. We got Ohio. Gotcha. I, I like Georgia Southern. I think Georgia Southern gets this one done out of the beach. I'm going to take Ohio, too. Ohio, uh, I think they either won the MAC or they were in the mix for the MAC. Uh, I haven't really done any background on any of these games yet, but uh, I'll, I'll take the Bobcats. I like the pick, Mason. Also uh, beat Iowa State. They did beat Iowa. Okay. That's a good win for them, too. Let's go to the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, where Jacksonville State, newly minted in the Conference USA, takes on Louisiana. Mason, who do you like here? I am going to go with Louisiana in that one, John. All right, the home team. 
Jordan. Yeah, I like Louisiana. Playing in Louisiana, you know, obviously probably more of a home crowd as well. Uh, more talented team here. I'm going to go with the Raisin Cajuns. Maybe this is just the PTSD from all the times that I, I saw Jacksonville State. But give me the give me the Gamecocks. Had a really good season. Uh, the only reason they didn't have a chance to win the conference or have compete for the conference USA title was the NCAA stupidity. Um, they get into a bowl game. They've had a good season. I'll take the Gamecocks uh, pick up kind of a road win here. Let's go to the Avocados from Mexico Bowl. Man, these names get more creative every year. Miami of Ohio takes on Appalachian State, and the Mountaineers are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Mason, who do you like? I am going with App State on this one. As much as I don't want to lean against the Jackson boy uh, down there at Miami, Kevin Davis, I'm going to ride with App State. All right, Jordan. Yeah, App State finds a way to win the big ones, and uh, you know they always they always come through towards the end of the year. I'm going to go App State in Orlando. I'll take Appalachian State in Orlando as well. Um, again, just hadn't dug much into these, but at the reputation, the tradition there, um, typically well coached and uh, a very you know very solid, very solid team. So I'll take Appalachian State as well. The Isleta, Isleta, I don't know how you say that, New Mexico Bowl with New Mexico State, who's a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Fresno State. Mason, who do you like here? I'm going with New Mexico State here, guys. Jordan. Yeah, New Mexico State being able to play again in New Mexico, um, and that, that's probably an advantage for them as well. Now, I, I think some teams would probably argue that they'd rather travel in bowl season to be able to go and enjoy a new city. I mean, you think about Memphis having to play in the Liberty Bowl at all. Yeah. Uh, but I think that has to be an advantage to some extent, so I'm going to go New Mexico State. You know, New Mexico State got that win over Auburn, got paid over a million dollars to go and, and beat the Tigers on the Plains. So I'll take New Mexico State. They've had a really good finish to the season. I will take the Aggies as well. In Los Angeles, it's the Starco Brands L.A. Bowl with UCLA a two-point favorite over Boise State. Gentlemen, Mason, let's start with you. Who do you like here? Yeah, uh, is is UCLA's quarterback playing in this one? Uh, I know they've got in? one in the portal. I don't yeah. know. If I think kind of had a. Yeah, yeah, I think it's with. Um, I think it's the the guy I'm thinking about. I, I'm still going to ride with UCLA here. Uh, Kellen Moore calling offense in the NFL is terrible, so it makes me lean against Boise State. <laughs> Jordan, you said I know that obviously the quarterback in the portal is a big deal, and depending on who plays is, is also a factor in this. But UCLA's played in some close games this year. Um, they were they kind of you know, had some opportunities to win some big ones, didn't didn't quite do it. I think they I think they get a bowl win here against Boise State. Yeah, UCLA back against the wall. They're at home. They kind of had an up-and-down finish. Boise State, I know, finished really strong. But uh, UCLA at home, their defense has been really good. I'll take the Bruins uh, in the L.A. Bowl to get it done. Final bowl game for the first Saturday of bowl season, the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Cal takes on Texas Tech, who is a three-point favorite. Mason, who do you like? Man, I've got I've got a really good friend that coaches out there at Cal, uh, Jacquee something. I, I got to go with my my Cal guys. Jordan, this is one of the tougher ones for me because I, I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched uh, in what they want to do. Um, I, I'm going to lean Cal just because it's in LA, but I think this one's going to be a field goal game. I'm going to go Texas Tech. Uh, I just think better team, better body of work, Cal. 
I just I just hadn't seen much, man. I don't know what impre- there's not much that I know about them. Uh, I'll take Texas Tech and the Red Raiders uh, in that one. College basketball, Arizona, the new number one team, taking on Purdue in Indianapolis. Mason, who do you like? Man, I've got to go with Arizona here. I uh, watched them a little bit Saturday. Uh, that point guard they have, uh, he made one of the best passes I've ever seen in college basketball. They're smooth. They shoot the ball well. They're big. They rebound well. I like the Wildcats. Jordan. I like Purdue. I think uh, the inside presence uh, will be a factor in this game, and, and, and they have one of the best inside players in, in the country. Um, guard play for Arizona is good, but I think Purdue slows the pace of the game down and, and picks up a big win here in Indianapolis. Yeah, I like Purdue in Indianapolis. At home, uh, going to be a great environment in Indy. Um, I know Arizona's good, but again, Zach Eady can really, I mean, the way college basketball works, Zach Eady can just kind of stand there uh, below the free throw line and put his hands up, and that's defense. And uh, I think that helps Purdue a lot. Um, so give me the Boilermakers uh, at home in that one. Two Blue Bloods is North Carolina, now number nine, takes on number 16, Kentucky in Atlanta. Mason, who do you like? Um, is there any way both can lose? I wish. Uh, well, I'm gonna have to go with uh, I'm gonna have to go with Kentucky here. I think their guards are better. I think they shoot the ball better. They're longer. Uh, they move pretty good. So I'm gonna ride with the Wildcats of Kentucky. All right, Jordan. Give me UNC. I've, I've seen them play in some some big games this year, and uh, man, they're 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 really rolling, playing some good basketball. Um, they're always due for a letdown at, at times, but I think they'll get up for this one. I like North Carolina to beat Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky lost to UNC Wilmington a while back. I can't – I mean, how do you trust that team right now? They're, I mean, I get it. Young, one and dones. But, uh, yeah, North Carolina, I think, gets it done. I, I just – I trust that team. A lot of experience on that team. Give me the Tar Heels um, in this one. Two NFL games. Dallas goes to Buffalo, fresh off the big win over Philly. Mason, who do you like here? I am taking the Cowboys in this one. Jordan. Yeah, I like Dallas. I mean, they're rolling right now. I don't know that Buffalo can stack a couple up here in a row. Um, I'm going to go Cowboys, but I expect this one to be tight. Yeah, I just think Josh Allen turns it over too much. The Cowboys are great at taking advantage of turnovers. The defense is playing so well. Uh, Give me them boys, as they they say. And and they'll be saying a lot this week. Baltimore heads to a hampered-by-injury Jacksonville team in Jacksonville. Baltimore trying to continue their push for the number one seed. Can they knock off the Jags at home, Mason? Man, I'm going to have to go with the Jags here. I think they've lost uh, They've lost two big ones back-to-back. They're way too talented of a team to let a third one get away from them in a row. Uh, I know Baltimore's playing well right now, but, but Trevor Lawrence is, is emerging as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I'm riding with Jacksonville. Jordan. Yeah, a lot of grit from from Trevor yesterday to, to you know to prove to his teammates he could play through injury and, and would. Um, I just don't know. I don't think it's enough. I think Baltimore is really good. They almost let one get away from them yesterday against a team they should handle easily. Uh, found a way to win that one. I think they make the adjustments and come out and beat the Jags uh, next week as well. Yeah, Baltimore just more complete right now. I think and healthier. Um, I think Lamar's playing well. Obviously, they've got a lot of backs they can run through, and their defense is very solid. Um, I'll take Baltimore uh, to pick up the win as well. That's going to do it for our show today. Mason, it's been great to have you, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, appreciate y'all having me, man. Enjoyed it. Looking forward to next time.
And again, you guys can uh, jump on RadioNWTN.com slash contest and join the bowl pick them. Again, big prize packet of things to the Hawk's Nest, the Meat Shop, and five seasons Men's Shop. Yeah, got until Saturday when it all starts at 10 a.m. You can watch our Sports 731 High School Basketball coverage this week. Henry County is at Union City on Tuesday. Union City is at South Gibson and at Dyer County on Friday and Saturday. Northside is at JCM on Friday. That's going to do it for our show here today. Thanks for all of you for watching and listening wherever you did. Good morning and God bless from the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest.